Yesterday we talked about the difference between the two kingdoms. Colossians 1.13 tells us that we were translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son, the kingdom of light. And we talked about all the differences between the kingdoms and the operation of the kingdom. And one of the main things that we said is that the kingdom of God always can supersede the kingdom of darkness if we will apply it. And so if we're actually operating in the kingdom of darkness or the kingdom of the world, the corrupted world, then we're always sabotaging what God wants to do or forfeiting a promise or a blessing that God wants to get to us. So we really want to identify what are those things in the kingdom of God that we need to be operating in and what are the things in the kingdom of the world that's really not normal in God's kingdom. And we talked about a lot of those. So what are, what are some of the ones that we touched on yesterday? And if you didn't hear it, go back and watch it. What are, what are some of those things? Oh, I'm trying to remember. Uh, we got kind of sidetracked and, and we're on like very specific topics yesterday for a really long time. I'm trying yeah. to remember some of the ones hello, in the comments, Harleen. though. I was um, just saying hello. What? I was just saying hello. Oh, Somebody hello. Um, Buddy, what was Buddy? Buddy had a great one. He was talking about not being legalist. Yeah, we were talking about uh, our words. We were talking about the difference in our words. We were talking about the spirit yeah. of fear. Yeah. Uh, we were we were talking about. Uh, we ended up talking about even you know some toys that and movies and yeah. horror movies and things like that. Uh, we talked about a lot of different areas, and I really felt led to continue yeah. that with today. Yeah, Joni idol, said that, one of the yeah. main things was not being idle in your words. That was Absolutely. huge. Yeah. What, what, yeah. and, and it was a huge revelation for me, a huge nudge from the Holy Spirit, yeah. because I've always been very, I, I've tried to be conscious of not having a negative confession. Yeah. So, great, wonderful, but I haven't been as proactive as I've needed to with a positive confession, yes. with proclaiming things. One thing that came up yesterday was, then that has made me unfruitful. If, if you're not speaking the word of God, if you're only just, okay, I'm not going to declare bad things, but then you're not actually proclaiming the word of God, yeah. you're not fruitful. And what does the Bible say will happen to you if you're not producing? Yes. You'll be pruned. Yes. Yeah, I love, you know, one of the, Buddy said this, not relying on talk, but the power of God, because he was saying, like, religion just comes in and gives a good message, and in his mind, as he was making steps towards being a minister, he thought, I'm just going to be really good at giving a good message, but he, he said, I never really considered that power needs to go with that message, and he quoted the verse that says, the kingdom of God doesn't come in just talk. Yeah but in power. Yeah. And so it's funny that we have this idea. So you can see that the good talk or a good message, that's really a worldly idea. That's a kingdom of corruption, yeah. but power in yeah. the message and the anointing in the message is actually yeah. of the kingdom of God. And all of these things we have to make a switch on and operate by the rules of the kingdom that we belong to. Yeah. We have to operate by the rules of the kingdom that we belong to or else our life will not be fulfilled. Yeah. Another really big one, and Grayson actually just put it in the comments. She had a yeah. question. If you guys have questions, yes, this is, put them this in is now. interactive today. So questions yeah. about discerning the two kingdoms, heaven versus the world. Um, one thing that we touched on yesterday, and we're going to read Grayson's comment in just a second, is the difference between uh, flattery and and. And godly exhortation, basically. Yeah, we're going to jump into that. So she had a question on that. That was a great point yesterday. Yeah, that's awesome. I see the, her life choices. Jumping on now, excited for the word. Amen. Uh, that may yeah. be uh, an account with Serena. But yeah, she said, whoops, it's me. But we oh. still celebrate that other account, too. <laughs> Amen. Hi, Serena. <laughs> Hello. So um, one thing that we talked about, too, was like salesmen using a, and Hannah had a really good point that I want to come back to. Look up the verse where it says, the love of Christ controls me. It seems like it's maybe 1 Corinthians 5.13. But um, one of the things that you see is that um, you can't, like a salesman can use the fear of loss, right? But fear is a spirit. It's, the spirit, it's a spirit. It's a demonic spirit of fear. 
And so once you're born again, you don't get your favor and you don't get your cells by using a demonic spirit or injecting that into somebody. You actually believe God by faith. You believe God for favor and you operate in that way through, through abiding in the Lord. And in Him we live and move and have our being. But uh, many times people, they don't recognize these differences, so they'll come into the kingdom of God, which is so much better, so much more blessed, so much less baggage with it, and they'll continue to try and operate by the old kingdom. And they don't realize it, but they're literally sabotaging themselves all the time. They're not putting God first, and they're not going to see the fullness of the life of God that God has for them. And so by identifying these areas that are in the kingdom of the world versus the kingdom of God, their life will rise. What if your life could actually be all of the promises that God talks about, but you're not going to get that by operating on the old kingdom system. You're only going to have that by operating in the kingdom of God. And so Hannah brought up one of the greatest points uh, yesterday, and she said, being willing to ask, the why behind the action, right? And this is one of the most important things that you can do is, the the issue is, why did somebody create what they create? What were they doing? What were they up to? Why are you wanting to do it, right? Uh, And that answer for believers in the kingdom of God always needs to be because I love God, right? And if if the answer is not because I love God, we really don't need to be doing those things. Yes. You see? And even in our rest, why are you resting right now? Because I love God and he's commanded me to rest. You see? Yeah. Why are you going and playing right now? Because I love God and he told me now's a good time to go play. Right? Why are you working so hard? Because I love God and I'm being obedient to him. He says those who love me keep my commandments. So being obedient to him still goes back to because you love him. And we see this in this verse uh, 1 Corinthians 5.13. By, uh, uh, 5.14. Yeah. Uh, for the love of Christ controls us, having concluded this, that one died for all, therefore all died. Yeah. So what does it say The first controls us? The love of Christ. So the love of Christ controls us, compels us. This should be our why for everything. Yeah. Because I love them. Because I love them. Yeah. I want to I do what he says. And if you want to separate out really the kingdom of darkness or the kingdom of a corrupted world and the kingdom of God, the best question you can ask is, what is the generating source and factor? What's the why? Yeah. And if it's not for the love of Christ, it, it's wrong. Now, you've got to be willing to boil it down to its origin. You have to be willing because a lot of people, they would say like for example uh, you could have like an evangelist who uh, didn't know the word very well but he wanted to win souls and he had seen other evangelists go out on a street corner and, and yell at people and tell them that God's mad at them and, and, he, and they need to repent. But the issue is He may have watched somebody that didn't know what they were doing. The word very clearly says it's the goodness of God that leads men to repentance, not an angry man telling them, you know, about their sin all the time. Now, that doesn't mean that God won't tell somebody to do that. John the Baptist did that. But basically, we have this idea, this religious idea that repent means that you need to wallow in the mire of your sin for a little bit and feel bad about it. But that's not what John the Baptist was saying. He's saying the way you've been thinking about God, he's talking to all of Israel who's had God preach to them for so long. He's saying, the way you're thinking about God, you need to change your way of thinking. That's what repent means. Because I'm telling you, God's coming right now. And if you don't change your way of thinking, you'll miss it in that way. Now, he was specifically called for that time. And and even today, we should say, hey, you need to change your way of thinking. But it's not a condemnation. God didn't come. And you know, I love John 3, 17, where it says, he didn't come to condemn the world but to save it. And so you see the whole heart is man's idea or the world's kingdom of how I need to get people saved. That person would say, I'm doing it because I love God. 
But they haven't loved God enough to get in the Word and find out what His heart is. You, you see what I'm saying? So you have to be willing to boil it all the way back down to the origin to keep yourself clean and out of the world's kingdom way of doing things and staying in God's kingdom way of doing things. Yeah. The love of Christ must control us. Put that in the comments. The love of Christ must control us. So uh, one of the things that came up yesterday, and it was a good question, was about flattery. So I'm going to let you all open that up. Yeah. Um are you, Abby, are you good to, good to go? We'll go yeah. over to Abby, and Abby will read the question. Hi. Uh, so Grayson had a question yesterday that we wanted to ask, and she said, I have a question about exhorting versus flattery, especially when dealing with our kids. She said, is it wrong for me to tell Junie as she's messing on the piano that you sound so good? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. And no, um, you know, it, it depends on what you're talking about. Are you talking about the fact that she made an effort? Um, I think that's great to encourage a kid to go in the. But see, that's encouragement, not flattery. Um, one thing that I would say the wrong thing with flattery, I actually looked up the definition of flattery with that question in mind earlier today. And uh, one of the things that it said, let me just. I think this is really good. It just gave the quick definition of flattery. Uh, excessive and insincere praise. See, we can have sincere praise, but we can take it too far. Excessive and insincere praise, given especially to further one's own interest. So a lot of parents, let's just look at that. So a lot of, first of all, is it excessive? Are they really good? Um, probably not at age two or three. They're probably not good unless they're some kind of specially gifted child. Um, are they actually good? No. If anybody else heard it because they're not their kid, they'd be like, no, that's not good. But uh, is it insincere? Well, for most parents, it wouldn't be insincere. They would, they would enjoy not the music, but they would enjoy the attempt. Yeah. And that's actually good to compliment. The, the, to compliment, but not flatter. But see, the issue is, and I find this especially today in today's age, and this is a system of the world. It is not a system of God's kingdom where parents will uplift their kid thinking they're doing it right when, no matter what the kid is doing. Because they won't, they won't remember at the end of that definition it said, especially, especially if they're wanting, you know, it, it basically blesses them. So they'll give an excessive comment so that they receive something out of it. Um, parents want to feel good about their kid. So they will see all the good but none of the bad many times. And when, they, when they're not willing to be unbiased with their children, you're lying to your kids, and you're actually hurting them because that kid's going to believe, one, they can do no wrong. Mm -hmm. Two, they don't have any room to grow. Yeah. Well, there's not a person on the earth alive today that doesn't have room to grow that can't do wrong. That crosses scripture all over the place. You know, I've watched parents. It's like used to, and this has shifted in our society. When I was a kid, when I was a kid, if you came home and the teacher uh, you had gotten trouble in school. It really didn't matter if you actually did something wrong or not. The fact that the teacher thought you did wrong was enough. And you would get not only in trouble at school, but you'd get in trouble at home because people would make sure that their children were disciplined, right? But in the 70s, that mindset shifted. And you had a lot of truly worldly, ungodly, you know, not of God's kingdom, psychology and all kinds of, and rebellion come in and it flipped the discipline thinking and, and really the thinking that, that uh, really America was kind of founded on. It flipped that thinking on its, on its head. That was about 50 years ago now. And, and so when that happened, People start thinking differently. And you can see that even with parents right now. Because if a, if a child gets in trouble at school now, the parent will ream the teacher out yeah. 
I've seen it multiple times. I've seen it at church. The parents will ream the teacher out. How dare you talk to my child like that? Because your child's a brat. That's why. See, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do good in that environment because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you truth and I don't really care you know, what somebody thinks. Because your child needs to wake up and you're responsible for it. You need to discipline your child and get your attitude out here, at which point they would blow up and make a scene because they're already undisciplined themselves. Yeah. So it's it's a catch-22. And yeah, Barrett, I got yelled at multiple times as a teacher by, by parents. That's what I mean. How dare you talk to my kids like that? I've seen it in church where it's like some kid is running, they're about to get hurt, and uh, you know, a, a leader in the church says, "Hey, stop that!" and and a and a family leave the church because they kept their child from getting hurt or other kids from getting hurt. Yeah. And it's like you you got no and see this is the bad side of flattery because a lot of parents are in that way because their parents flattered them. And see, one thing that I would say is we did a series talking about stinking thinking, and we talked about arrival mentality. You never should think that you have arrived in that way uh, unless the Lord tells you that, unless the Lord tells you that. So anytime you're giving compliments, never give it to a place where a child feels like they've arrived, right? Uh, Luke is growing and he's, you know, getting to that age where he knows he's decent, decently good at some things and, and uh, he's starting to recognize and, and sure enough, pride came up in him and, and you would hear it. He's like, I'm good. I'm good. I'm like, oh, you are really? Is that right? Well, how come you got beat the other day? You know, because I'm going to come against that. You don't ever want to give flattery to the place or compliments to the place where a child feels like they've arrived or you're feeding that fleshly, ungodly kingdom thing. And you need to recognize that moment. And you need to actually, you know, balance that out. If they think they're so prideful, you need, or so good, you need to balance that out with some reality and some truth and teach them how to judge themselves properly. If they think they're so horrible that they can't do anything, you need to balance that out with some compliments that bring them to the place where they're willing to step out. So wherever the flesh is leading them, one ditch or the other, you, as a parent, you want to balance it out and bring them to the center of you can do all things through Christ, right? And so in that moment where she's playing the piano, what I would say to, to our kids is, that, hey, that's awesome. That's a great attempt. I'm so glad that you are trying that. You keep going and you keep practicing. And with Christ, you're going to be really good at that. So I'm not saying you are really good. I'm going to say you're going to be really good as you make these decisions. So I'm applauding the effort. I'm not saying that she's great now. I'm saying that they can be great as they move with Jesus. So I'm, what I'm doing as a parent is I'm not saying that they've arrived. I'm saying that's a good path you're on, and here's the end of the race. Keep running the race, and, and you keep getting better and keep increasing, and I'm so pleased with you for starting the race, right? Yeah. And that's totally different from flattery. And I'm not like patting myself on the back because I have, you know, gifted children, you know. And that's what a lot of parents are doing. They're like, oh, they're so great, you know. Every, <laughs> I was thinking about a meme. Every, most every parent thinks that their baby is beautiful. You just ask some people around them if that's actually so, you know. And they'll say, I love, it was, um, <laughs> uh, it was what was her name um one of the actresses she was saying she had a baby and the nurse came in she went oh that is such a beautiful baby she said all that to the nurse you probably tell all the baby all the mothers that she said no i don't she said she said if i come in and that baby is ugly i just go you had a baby <laughs> 
<laughs> so you just watch. Like it, many times parents, because they want to be special and they want to be gifted, they only see the good in their children and they don't see the things they need to work on. It's one of the most, that is a worldly kingdom thought process. Yeah. And it is damaging to the parent and to the kid. Yeah. So. And one thing we talked about yesterday was the topic of confessing the word of God, your confession, yeah. what you are proclaiming. And when we are speaking things like flattery, when they are not true, we are hurting our ability to have power behind yes. our words. So that's yes. really the one, uh, one of the whys of why we don't want to do this. You were talking a lot about parents. I kind of, if it's okay, I'd like to hear what you have to say as a leader yeah. leading other people in this topic. Have you had, because my my tendency probably is to um, give too much um, encouragement. And I know you've talked about how that can lead people really, to. Really, you think so, huh? To, <laughs> <laughs> Ow. <laughs> This is so funny. <laughs> um, so that's a that's called that a reality fun. check. That was fun for me. That's a reality check. Uh, it's confirmation. Um, so that's <laughs> that's been my my default is to just let me just tell everyone they're so great and doing great. And you've talked about a little bit before how that can actually lead people to pride. Um, yeah. So how do we how do we? That's a great point. Yeah. As a leader. Um, how do you balance? Because have you seen, like, have you have you actually experienced you've given somebody too many compliments or incur- yeah. or genuine, not even this no, is the where they really did good. Yeah. Genuine, yeah. genuine exhortation. Where have you seen where you've done it too much, and then somebody has gotten in pride? Absolutely, yeah. There's one of the things that you. It's funny when people step out into things. Pastor John said it was fun for you. Yes, it was. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, but uh, one of the things that you see is that when people step out into something new, generally, as a leader, generally they'll have one of two responses. And there's a kingdom way to approach this. There's a worldly way to approach it, and there's a kingdom way to approach it. Um, a lot of times when people step out into something new, they'll have one of two responses based off of which ditch they live in. Very rarely do you see somebody very balanced on this. It's generally one of two things. Either one, and this is probably, probably more people fall into this category. I would say the majority fall into this, where they get done with that and they just think that they really messed it up. They didn't do a good job. And the other side of that is that they they did an okay job. Excuse me, they did an okay job, but they, they think they did great. Like, yes, I did really good. And they're deceiving themselves, right? Um, and, and sometimes they actually will do very, very well. And but that can all of these can be dangerous situations for the wrong personality. So if you combine that event with the wrong personality, it can literally lead them to fall and and really miss. And so as a leader, I'm very cautious and um, not fearful, but I'm, I want to be very wise in those moments when people do new things. I want to be very wise in those things. So for the for the person that is. And this is, in a kingdom mindset, you want to do everything to help that person succeed and get better and grow. And for different people at different moments, that means different things. Literally, you could have one person fit all of those categories and you handle them differently as a leader yeah. to help that person be balanced. Remember, as a parent, if they're in this ditch, you want to feed on this side to bring balance to them. If they're in this ditch, you want to feed on the other side to bring balance to them. It's the same thing as a leader, and you want to help them move into those places. So uh, it's, let's say that they get done, and let's say that they did good, but they think they did bad. Right. Mm -hmm. So they're condemning themselves. They're fearful that they missed it. Maybe they did actually really good and they but they felt like they missed a couple of points in that. And they meditated more on those points than they did on what they did good. 
then this actually happened to me a lot, uh, especially early on, because I would get to an end of a message. I'd be like, man, that was so bad. That was so bad. I'd go, I'd go back. And I would watch myself and because I want to increase, I want to get better. And so I would watch. And uh, I'm thinking that when I watch this, this is going to be bad. Like I didn't communicate well and all that stuff. And I had this actually multiple times. I'd go back and watch myself and be like, man, that was, that was actually pretty good. Like, and, I, and I thought it was bad. Mm-hmm. And what I realized was the Holy Spirit was helping me in it more than I realized. Yeah. And he was helping me in that. And so I needed not to correct all of my mental thinking on it. I needed to correct more and open myself up more to the flow of the Holy Ghost. And those were the moments that I missed was where I really got in my logic and out of the flow of the Holy Spirit. But uh, to that person, if I'm leading that person, I would say, no, actually, it was really good. So they're going over to the condemnation ditch, and I need to show them, no, it's actually okay. You, I don't want to tell them, oh, it was great, you know. Uh, no, it actually was good. It was okay. I don't want to overwhelm them. I don't want to move over into flattery like they've arrived. Because could it have gotten better? Yes, it could have gotten better. I'm not going to deny that. Um, but that's why if I tell you, no, I didn't see anything to correct, like that's a major, major compliment for me because I'm not going to tell you that unless that's what I see. And uh, so, but most people have things that they could correct and get a little bit better at. And you say, man, no, actually, the, it was really good. And you could, you might could work on this or that, but overall, you did really well. And I'm drawing them out of that condemnation. Yeah. Now, let's say that they did it and they were, they did a bad job and they recognized that they did a bad job, right? Well, that person, that one event can make them stop any forward progression forever yeah. or at the very least slow them down for months or years. So as a leader, I know that they should not stop. Even if they failed miserably, pick yourself up, dust yourself off, and go back at it. Say, look, and, and this is literally where, and I won't, you know, I'll use some of the same terminology at different parts, but this is one of the places where the Lord's taught me uh, basically to show people, say, look, how would you know to change that? You've never done this before. Don't beat yourself up for something you've never done before, acting like you're supposed to have 50-year-old wisdom when you're 20. Like, that's silly. That's ludicrous to think that way. Yet you stepped out. You, there, you had stuff to work on, but overall, you did really well. And I'm so pleased with you for stepping out, for trying. I'm going to encourage them. So I'm not flattering them. Yeah. I'm encouraging them in that. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? And so, and, and I'll tell them, hey, here's what you, you know, you can work on this. I'll help you. And I'll give them, then I'm offering them help. I'll help you. I'll help you to look at this. I'll help you to communicate this. You're not on your own. You don't have to do this on your own. Here's what you can do. And this is a a way of the kingdom to keep that person moving forward. Keep them running their race. You see? Uh, Now, on the flip side of that, and you don't want to... you don't want to have them fall off the, the cart, you know, fall off the wagon and never go back and try again. That's the worst thing ever. And the devil tries to get that all the time, get people to never even try again. And uh, you want to avoid that. Never let them get into that pattern. Never let them get into that habit. It's a horrible, ungodly, worldly kingdom habit. But it's not a habit of God. It's yeah. not a habit of God. Uh, the habit of God is if you miss it, you set your hand to the plow and you don't look back. Yeah. You keep moving forward in faith, right? And that's a kingdom principle. So I'm helping them move into those kingdom principles. Yeah. Now, if you have somebody on the other side of that, they, they did really, really good. Really good. They stepped out into something new. They did something really well. But... They know that they did well, or they think that they did well, right? Well, now you've got to deal not with condemnation, but with pride. Because that pride can completely kill anything that they're doing. Pride goes before a fall. 
And you have to you have to really help them to reel that pride in and put on humility. You know, and um, you know the problem is. So, for example, let's say that I have somebody that is supernaturally gifted by God, and they step out into something, and they just blow it away. They do it so awesome. But they're in pride. It doesn't matter how good they do. You know, their gifts will get them in the door, but character will keep them there. So I'm going to start talking to them, and I'll warn them right from the get-go. A lot of times, listen, you just had a success, and that is a moment where the devil comes in. I'm not trying to blow it. You did great. You did great. I'm not going to take that away. You did great. However, you need to be very wise because the devil goes about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He loves to steal things as soon as they're given, and he'll do it through pride. And so watch being prideful or thinking that you've arrived. Now, see, I can't say that to everybody because they've not submitted themselves. But if they've submitted themselves, I will absolutely tell them that and warn them. Why? Because I went through the same stuff. You know, I can remember when I prayed for that guy, he was blind guy, started seeing. And I'm thinking, I remember thinking in that moment, he's sitting there telling us what he can see. Brian, don't be prideful. Two hours later, I'm sitting on the plane heading home in pride. And I, and I caught myself and I went, oh my gosh, I knew not to, I knew not to do that. So even knowing that pride was lurking, I still fell for it, yeah. right? And the some of the best in the world fall for that. So don't yeah. so recognize it that you're not above you know, not having a flesh. In other words, everybody has a flesh, and in that flesh is the potential of corruption, and it's going to try to corrupt you. It's going to try and corrupt you with condemnation, or it's going to try and corrupt you through pride. Be aware of that, yeah. be mindful of that, and make sure that you put that in its place. So I'm, I'm going to talk to that person. I'm not going to tell them they did bad because they didn't do bad. I'm not going to lie to them, right? But I am going to warn them about pride and try to keep them away. Now, what I've found is most of the time when I tell people that, they don't listen to that. Most of the time I'll tell them that, they don't listen, and about two weeks to a month later they come back to me and say, you told me not to be in pride and I got in pride and I, and you told me not to, and I did it anyway. I'm like, I understand. I've been there. You know, but by me saying that up front, when they go through that reality, they can see, yeah. one, pastor tells them the truth, and two, pastor knows what he's talking about. Well, and so. usually when you say those things, yeah. most people glance over it. Because we are living in such an exaggerated yeah. world. Everyone communicates so exaggeratingly that um, you're giving a legitimate warning, but because yeah. you're not giving it of, oh my goodness, be careful, watch this. You're just giving it very calmly, yeah. casually, yeah. and passing. People often, I've noticed, skip over that stuff. I've noticed I've skipped over that. Where You've told me something. You or Pastor Cole yeah. have mentioned something. And I've been like, oh my goodness, you're right. I saw it. But because I've been trained so much to just like look past what everybody is saying and not pay attention to what people yeah. are saying, when you would speak, there were moments where I would overlook yeah. it because that's just how our society is. We, yeah. We've we've grown to not trust what people say because everybody exaggerates so yep. much. That's and right. um, but when you speak, like everything that you say, you're saying it with a purpose. You're not yeah. giving yeah. idle words. Well, see, in that moment, when that person does a good job, good or great, either one, they do a good job on the above average job, and they move to pride, that's when the flattery from the parent or the leader ahead of time really haunts that person. Because in that flattery where they've always been told that they're good and they don't have anything to work on, that flattery comes back to haunt them there yeah. because then they think they can't miss it. They won't get in pride. No, I've got this. I'm good and everything. And that pride will start to eat them up. And and quickly, they'll get in. If they do that, they'll get into their soul and they'll start thinking. And what will happen is they'll start thinking it's them that did this. But we know from the word that every good and perfect gift comes from above from the kingdom of God, from the Father of lights. It comes from Him, not ourselves. We're not the generating source of anything good or perfect. God is, 
right? God's the generating source of all of that. And so understanding that is like, I didn't, if I preach good and I'm, I communicate good, even on this broadcast, it's not me that's doing that. It's the Lord through me that's doing that. And that's, those are the things that we have to pay attention to and be willing to give glory to God. Yeah. Now, before, and before we jump into another topic, <laughs> here, here's one of the things that you see is that let's say that person does a really good job or a good job, but they're condemning themselves. They've not been taught to think properly about themselves. They're, they're beating themselves up. It goes back to the same thing. They can fall off. They can do a great job and fall off uh, from doing that, stop running the race because they feel like they didn't do good enough. They were berated. They were never complimented or they weren't, or they never saw it. They look down upon themselves. They have a bad self-image and, and they, they don't love themselves like Christ loves them. And so all of a sudden they'll do a good job, but then they can still fall away and stop running the race because of that. So you have to be mindful of that and you want to compliment but watch this. You want to compliment, but not over compliment. Even if they did a great job, you can tell them they did a great job, but don't rave about it, right? You can actually kind of get into person worship, like an idol, make an idol of that person. You did amazing. Wow, I just don't know what. That's too much. It's too much, right? Uh, you're being dramatic. You're being emotional. You're, you're being soulish. It's not helping the person, and you're actually operating by another kingdom. No, the Bible says very clearly, let your yes be yes and your no be no. You don't want to do too much. You don't want to do too little either. If you never compliment, you know, if you never compliment, that's a problem. But at the same time, and, and now I've watched people do this. This is the most amazing thing to me. I like, I... It's amazing how this psychology works because I've been accused many times, many times at this point, of not complimenting enough. And then I'll, I'll ask the Holy Spirit for help and I'll come back and say, well, wait a minute, just last week I gave you this compliment. Oh, yeah, that's right. And the week before that, I gave you this compliment. And the week before that, I gave you this compliment. And I'll have like four or five compliments. And that person never heard any of them because they have a bad self-image. So they didn't hear the positive. They only heard the negative. It's like all the negative has, has an entrance, but the positive doesn't. And the person in pride only has an ear for the, for the positive and doesn't have an ear for the negative. And we actually need to have both ears open all the time. That's the balance of it. And I've watched, you know, I've watched some people and like their life is a wreck. Their life is a wreck. I'm like, you need to fix this. Like, you need to fix this and fix this. And they're like, okay, okay. And they'll say, yes, they'll agree with all of it, but didn't hear a bit of it. Didn't change, didn't do anything. One person goes, you know, you did this great. And they're like, see, I have arrived. And that's pride. And so they only have an ear for the positive. Other people only have an ear for the negative. If we're going to do it in God's way, we need to judge ourselves properly so that we're not judged, which yeah. means I need to hear both, but not getting pride or condemnation over either. Yeah. I just need to make changes. And sometimes yeah. compliments can be genuinely yeah. divisive. Like sometimes when certain people compliment me, um, there's actually divisiveness in it, and I you have to pay attention to that. Oh, like, yes. I've had different people, yes. like a compliment like this, for instance, that's like, Marky, you are just, you're working so hard. You're doing so good at that ministry. And, yeah. you know, they're, they're working you really hard, but you're doing so well. Yeah, so it's all the positive there, but negative towards where you're planted at, and it actually is divisive. In yeah, that way. I don't need to listen to that. I, I, no, no, it's, it's evil. That's an evil, soulish, worldly kingdom statement, right? Now, here's the other thing is, uh, and you have to watch it. Actually, God says you mark those people and don't, don't associate with them. So if somebody does it one time, they make a mistake, okay, fine. But if they're constantly doing that, God basically tells us don't associate with that person. Tell the church, mark them, call them out by name, mark them, and tell the church not to associate because they're divisive. And God is into unity. He tells us strive for unity. So I had somebody one time, they're like, 
and I was at a different church, going to a different church, submitted to that church, and the person said this, you preach so good. When are you starting your own church? And this was before we started Boomerang. And I heard it, and I was like, that is so wrong. And I don't think you have a clue how wrong it is. But yeah. you're operating out of a wrong kingdom and a wrong heart. You're trying to pull me away from where I'm planted. And it was like, that is so bad. And they thought they were giving me a compliment. And it just took their, it took them down in my eyes because of that compliment. I didn't, I didn't esteem that compliment. I didn't esteem it. I didn't think higher of them. I thought lesser of them because it was divisive and worldly. A lot of people don't see that. They just like, yeah, thank you. Yeah, I don't know when I might start. Hmm, when should I start my church? And now they unplant themselves. You know? Yeah. So and that's yeah. not the reason why we started church. Actually, that was, I, that made me want to dig in more at yeah. that church and stay in that church. And that's what we sought to do. And uh, so you have to you have to see these things and know these things. So what did Barrett say? Uh, Barrett had a couple different comments. If you want to scroll up, uh, keep going back up, 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 up. Uh, when you're talking about people who take the compliment um, yeah. um, of, wow, I did really great. Yeah. Um, she said, me, I was that person many times. The Lord had pastor stop complimenting me for quite a while because my flesh would take the compliment and run and think I was the anointed cherub of the world. <laughs> that is true. He um, said, don't give her a compliment. And so she'd do a great job, and the Lord wouldn't let me tell her. Yeah, well, and, and, and the, the foundation of this ministry is your why has to be right. Like, yeah. if your why yeah. is not right, that's going yeah. to be a hit on. Um, she said, Barrett said, and I found both defaults can be active at the same time. I used to hate myself and think I was worthless, so I never thought I could do anything adequately. But I so desperately wanted validation. Um, Hannah said, this is interesting. She said, my flesh tried to get in pride from the warning of not getting in pride. And quotes, oh, I must be special because I can get into pride. <laughs> what? The flesh is so dumb. <laughs> That's a, both of those are great points. Um, great and then points. Barrett said uh, she, she desperately wanted validation that she would search for any opportunity for it to be proven that she wasn't worthless, her identity became achievements and compliments. Yeah. And that's, I can identify with that. Thinking I'm not doing well, thinking I'm worthless, so looking for compliments yeah. instead of just doing it because I love God. Yeah. Um, and like one thing I, that it kept coming up to me, I'm so thankful that I, um, people at this ministry very rarely compliment the worship team on things. Yeah. And I'm really, really thankful because I can honestly say me being on the worship team, I very rarely think about how I sound or get off the platform Get yeah. on the platform and get off the platform thinking, yeah. did I sound nice? Do people think that I yeah. sound nice? I'm so grateful that people don't compliment me whether yeah. or, or tell me anything. I don't know. Maybe they just think I'm like average. Yeah. And honestly, I would way rather people think Marky is just okay, like not even get compliments because it helps me keep my heart right. Like when yeah. I am, yeah. when I'm on, as someone on the worship team, it's yeah. not a performance for me. I'm doing it because I love God. Yeah, yeah. It would be good, you know, we've talked about this many times in worship is when you get done worshiping or even like when I get done preaching, people should be seeing Jesus more than they're seeing who's on the platform. Yes. And now people can take that and do the wrong thing because they're soulish and they're carnal. So, I mean, I can try and seek to do that and people can still idolize somebody. You know, they can yeah. still lift somebody up. I can't stop that, but there are things I can do to kind of keep it at bay. And I definitely can keep my own heart at bay. And and here's a good thing, and put this in the comments, like, just do the work. Yeah. Don't be concerned about the compliments yeah. or the criticism. Yeah. Just do the work. Just keep doing the work, you know. Yeah. Just keep swimming. Just do the work. Yeah. And, and just keep at it. Stop. Stop worrying about what people think about it. Just yeah. do the work. Yeah. Do the work of ministry. There were so. there were a couple of times in this I was able to learn. Oh, no, that's not the right way to think. Yeah. There were a couple of times where I would I messed up in worship and I got off the platform and I would message Barrett or message you guys or something and be like, yeah. oh, my goodness, I'm so sorry. I just messed up and uh, I feel really bad like that went really bad. Did I mess up? 
Yes. Yeah. But in that moment, you guys were like, yeah. why are you thinking about that right now? Like, yeah. does it, like, no one else is thinking about that, but no. you should not be thinking about that right now. Yeah, you should be thinking about what's the Lord doing. Yeah. That, the why. Because I love the Lord. What is he up to? Like, yeah. he's not sitting there going, yeah, this service would be great, but you messed up that one line. That's yeah. like actually yeah. That's really self centered to yeah. think the whole like Correct. universe revolves yes. around. Oh, yeah. I just, you know, I messed up the whole service and everyone's thinking about yeah. me. No, actually, no one is thinking about me. Yeah. Like, they, they've, are, they've moved on. They've moved, yeah. yeah. Like, honestly, <laughs> like this Sunday, I messed up something. Oh. I, I messed it up. And then I realized I was like a few minute, a, a few seconds later, yeah. I was like, oh no! And it tried to come back, and I was like, oh no! I messed up. And then I had, I remembered yeah. they've moved on. Oh, yeah, <laughs> they've yeah. moved on. I need to just move on. A lot of times, you know, you'll you'll do something, or somebody else will do something. And they'll, they'll be like, man, I just hate I messed up. I'm like, oh, you did? Oh yeah, you did. I, you know, I don't care. You know, I don't care. Yeah. Like, yeah. If you're and now, if you're a chronic mess up, I care about that. Yeah. But we're not talking about a chronic mess up. We're talking about you stepped out, you yeah. know, and you failed in that one moment, right? But it's what what we basically say, what's the what's the term that we use in leadership? Noble failure. Noble failure. In other words, you weren't you weren't chronically failing. You stepped out, and if you step out in this corrupted world, and you don't have the experience, and it's new to you, the odds are you're going to fail at a few things, right? I, we celebrate that because you stepped out, you know, but we don't celebrate chronic failure. There's a big difference between the two. That's you not judging yourself. And uh, so it, I don't even notice it. Like, uh, uh, who cares? Yeah. Like, if somebody's got a problem with it, that's their problem. You yeah. know, that that kind of thing, but if it's if it's chronic failure, that's a different thing. Yeah. You know, so. no, I know this seems kind of yeah. like off track. The reason why I was bringing this up is because it's so important to face reality yeah. and to face yeah. the truth. Because this society right now does not face truth, and because they're not facing the truth of things, they are having Correct. their lunch eaten. They're being they're being taken out, and that's why, like yesterday. All these things that we talked about that came up of actually, this has a demonic root. This actually yes. is worldly. This is wrong. We should not be participating with this. We have so much yeah. been not facing the truth and just in our own deception, in our own la-la land of I'm doing great, I'm so wonderful, or whatever yeah. it is, yeah. that we haven't been able to digest the truth. And what I was saying in this is if I'm in worship and I am I make a mistake yeah. or something, I need to be able to handle... I just messed up. I'm not going to deceive myself. Yeah. I just messed up. But how do I handle it now? I move on. Yeah. I keep yeah. going forward. So as these you things You don't get, look back setting no. your hand to the plow. Yeah. You keep looking forward. Yes. You don't look back. So even yeah. in this, all these things that yeah. come up, the things that came up yesterday, if yeah. the Lord has highlighted something yeah. where we missed it, or, oh, we didn't realize it. Oh, yeah. that wasn't on purpose, but I've missed it. Yeah. This is what, what we're talking about, is being able to... Properly handle that, living right. in the truth, not deceiving yeah. ourselves. So, you know, today we've talked about, uh, you know, in the two kingdoms, we talked about flattery, condemnation, and pride. That's basically what today's been about. I saw Deb put up a message earlier. She was asking to talk about Pokemon and yoga and stuff like that. We're going to talk about that tomorrow. And uh, what it, she said something else in there. Manga, I think it was, or anime, manga, and different things. So we're going to talk about that stuff tomorrow. That'll be a hot topic. And uh, <laughs> everybody, I think Buddy just sat up in his chair and smiled and grinned. Cause he <laughs> anyway, so we'll talk about those things in the two different kingdoms tomorrow. But today we really talked about flattery, pride, and condemnation. And those things are huge because those things will shape a person to fulfill their destiny or not. To fulfill it or not. And we want to make sure as parents, as leaders, and as the one that's running the race, that everybody around us, including ourselves, is equipped to finish the race as a victor in Christ. And in order to do that, we have to operate in the right kingdom. We have to put down the pride and condemnation. We have to operate in a clear judgment of ourselves. We can't flatter people or take away from people. A lot of times people will take away from others. They'll see them doing good and they don't like it because they're outperforming. 
Listen, this is a major problem in churches because you'll have, you'll have a senior pastor that wants to hold people back in their church because they don't want them to outshine. I've watched this many times in churches where somebody in the church gets more hungry and more on fire than the head minister, and the minister starts coming at them, and it's wrong because they don't want them to be to outshine. And uh, whereas what we should take is the heart of John the Baptist, who literally said, he must increase and I must decrease. In other words, he, Jesus started outshining them. He actually sent his followers to Jesus to follow. That's an amazing demonstration of yeah. being selfless. You know, not selfish, but selfless. And uh, that's the heart, that's the kingdom of God right there, where it's literally, so my job as a leader and as a pastor is literally for every person that I'm leading to do greater things than I have. Now, it'll take work on their part, but I want to give them the platform, I want to give them, be the springboard for them to spring off of, of my shoulders, come up underneath them and spring off of my shoulders and do better. And we're already seeing those things come to pass because you guys are doing stuff now in like year two, three, four, five that took Nicole and I 15 or 20 years to get to. And you're already doing it. You're there quicker than we ever were and it got more life in front of you than we do. And that's, that's exactly the way it's supposed to work. I love that. I love seeing those things happen. I love seeing increase coming in your life. I love seeing the soul winners come out. I love seeing healing and miracles through your hands. That's what it's about. And I want to see that more and more and more. So, amen. amen. Glory to God. We love you so very, very much. Uh, Abigail's going to wrap it up. And if you would like to sow today, you are welcome to sow. And uh, But you don't have to. We sow this broadcast into the world. Uh, but be obedient. Any offering, even a small one, in obedience is a big thing to God. So just hear from him and be obedient every day, all day. We love you so very much. We'll be back tomorrow with talking some more about the two kingdoms and how they're important to your life. We love you. We'll see you then. Here's Abigail. Hey guys, we want to pray a quick prayer over everyone sowing today because we are attaching our faith on every seed sown because we are excited and expectant for the harvest that is coming from that. So right now, thank you, Lord, for every person who has sown into this broadcast today. Thank you for seeing their heart, for seeing this seed. Thank you that it is planted in good soil. It is pressed down, shaken together, and the harvest is coming into their hands quickly and miraculously. In Jesus' name, we praise you for it. Thank you so much. In